and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode two, the DH pod. Um, before we get into it, just want to say a thank you to everyone who reached out to us, engaged with us, um, gave us feedback, comments, all that stuff. We really appreciate it um, coming back. People were hungry for another episode, John, so we're here putting out some content for them. How are we doing today, John? We're doing good. We're doing good. We got a lot of sports to talk about today. Yeah. We got categories about all only sports today. So yep. excited about it. We got March Madness going. We got NFL free agency going. Yep. Baseball's yep. kicking up. So we're we're gonna focus episode two on sports. Like like Bass said, thank you to everybody that you know reached out or took the time to listen. So uh, this is for you guys and uh, we're excited to keep it rolling. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, let's let's start it off. Let's get into our first segment, John. Let's uh, let the people know what we got going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got builder bust. Love it. So um, we're gonna throw out players, uh, and then we'll talk about if we would build around them or we wouldn't. You know, this is not saying that they're not great players, but we're just saying, hey, would you build your franchise around them? Um, let's. We're gonna take contracts out of it just because you know that makes it more convoluted and difficult. So. Just strictly on the player and um, and the performance. Yep. Performance you know, throughout their career. Got it. So I'm going to stick with uh, baseball to start. And I'm going to throw out Christian Yelich. Yeah. You know, Yelich is a great player. Um, he had a couple really good years. Um, I think 18 and 19. Um, I think he was an MVP candidate. But uh, anyway, I, the thing with Yelich is, and I'm leaning towards bust, and I'll tell you why. Um, he's played in two small markets. Miami, I know, is a big city, but it's a small market when it comes to baseball. And Milwaukee, again, not the biggest market. Um, he's had some inconsistencies. He's had some injuries. Uh, and he just, you know, if I'm a GM, I don't know if I'm mortgaging my future for Christian Yelich. Um, nice guy. Looks like Pete Davidson. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. He just, he just doesn't have, he just doesn't have the, the flair to me at this point. Um, Cause I do think that's something that's needed when it comes to building around a franchise, especially when it comes to baseball. So uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a bust for me. Yeah. First, before I start, shout out to Pete Davidson too, because uh, he, he's, he's living it up right now. Pete he's, Davidson uh, is hitting for a high average right now. Let's yeah, just, let's just say that I'm building around Pete Davidson. <laughs> Guys hitting for the cycle, <laughs> but uh, Christian Yelich, I'm going to say bust also. I mean, he's a great player. Like you said, 2018, 2019 um, were his best years. And it was there was something funny going on in baseball. I think it was they were tweaking the baseballs or something. But everybody's numbers were inflated. Every hitter's numbers were inflated. Um, and the taking those two years out, he's just been like an above average player. Yeah. I think Milwaukee is trying to build around him. They've got some good talent around him. They just haven't really been able to get over that that hump. They've made a couple playoff appearances, but haven't really been able to, you know, put it all together. I mean, the NL is kind of stacked with the Dodgers, you know, and and, and Padres and, and what have you. But they just and the Cardinals too always compete in the in the playoffs. Right. Um, they just haven't been able to get over that hump. And you know, Christian Yelich, great player, but I just I I don't really think I'm going to build around him like some other outfielders out there. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say bust for that. But great player. Yeah, yeah. No, hopefully I agree. He can turn it around. He hit a down year last year, so yep. hopefully he can turn it around. Yep. So sticking on the diamond here, um, kind of a player that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, so interested to hear what you have to say. 
Uh, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. We building or we busting? Mook. I'm building around Mook. I am happy that he is off the Red Sox. Of course you are. I mean, he is – he's great. He had a tough year last year, but tough year for him uh, is like, you know, a very good year for others. Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) So he's he's great defensively. He's good on the bases. I mean, he's a great hitter too. Um, he's, he's just a, he's a good all around person too. Um, I just think he's, he's, he's a good guy to build, build around. And I thought Boston was going to do that. Um, you know, they didn't really have a a drop back when they, when they traded him, um, because they're still very competitive, you know, still winning a lot of games, but, um, I'd still build around Mookie. Uh, he came to a team that was already stacked to the Dodgers and he just got them that, that championship. Yeah. Um, but I'm still building around Mookie. I like Mookie. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be a build for me, and, and I'm obviously trying to take my my bias out. I know he played for <laughs> played for the Sox here, but I mean, you know, if you throw Mookie on a small market team, a Kansas City Royals, Cincinnati Reds, you know, one of these teams, you know, they're automatically going to mortgage their future. They're going to build around them. They're going to give them a big contract um, because, just like you mentioned, he's a good guy. He's a team guy. You know, you don't have to worry about any off the field issues or anything like that. He's a consistent player. He shows up to work every single day. And he's just kind of one of those guys, you know, hitting defensively. He just gets it done. He's a great yeah. runner as well. So it's definitely going to be a build for Mookie Betts. So yeah, like it, that. it's not it's nice to lock somebody in there and set it and forget it. Yeah. Like you know what you're getting at him. I mean, that's why the Dodgers signed him right away to that extension. They no didn't question. Even, it, no time went past and they were like, hey, here's your money. <laughs> yeah, 200 you know, million. Like, See you later. Let, let's run. Yeah. 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 So um sticking with baseball, last guy here. I'm gonna throw out Fernando Tatis Jr. It's an auto build for me. Um and I know there are some injury concerns. I know he's injured right now. He's he's rehabbing, but he's a young cat. You know, he's he's it's 22. 22 years old, right? He's, you know, in our last segment, we talked about we talked about flair, right? We talked about energy. We talked about juice that baseball needs, and he brings it. I mean, he's flashy. He's on the cover of MLB. You know, he's got the video games going. He's got the dreads. He's just yeah. he's just a guy that, you know, is gonna inject life into your franchise. And uh, I know the injuries are a concern, and they'd definitely be a big concern for me. But I think looking at it now, it's well worth it. I really yeah. think it's well worth it. I mean, the dude is a stud. Yeah. The dude's a stud. Hopefully he could stay away from the injuries and, you know, the motorcycles or whatever he was on to get injured. Um, but, yeah, he's he's great. I could see him transitioning to third later on in his career just because he's a bigger dude. Um, but, I mean, he's just a good all-around player. Uh, I, I would love to see him on the East Coast just to kind of, you know, watch him more. Yeah, you're just um, being unless selfish it, now. Unless it was the Red Sox. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm building around him. He's 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 a great player, and hopefully he can continue to, uh, you know, to be on the field as much as possible. So yep. it's an automatic build around him, and I think they already are. They ex- extended him, and um, they're they're trying to build around around him already. So. Yeah. Yep. All right. I like that. Well, we'll switch it up. We'll go from from the diamond to the hardwood here. And, and the guy that we talk about a lot, John, um, you know, my thoughts on this player, but I just want to get your thoughts and see if, if you're going to build or if you're going to bust here. Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson. Bust. There you go. Yeah, I'm not building around him. First off, he's thicker than a snicker. Pause. <laughs> 
big pause, pause on there. Pause. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I mean, injuries. He's got to, he's got to lean out. I mean, I know it's tough to lose weight, but it's your job. I'm sorry, you got to be on the court. You know, your your best asset is your availability. If you're not available, then what are you? You right. know, like I. I I heard a couple rumblings that people in New York want him. I hope he doesn't go to the Knicks because you cannot build around him. Yeah. You can't. I mean, if he was a different guy, you know, and playing every day, he's just that's just not him. I, I would not build around him. Yeah. And and you know my thoughts and you know exactly what I'm gonna say. It's 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 a bust for me too. Um, just like you said, when when you when your job is to play basketball, that should be everything you do should be revolved around that. Right. Like yep. you have the luxury of being so gifted and so talented. You can't take care of your body. You're 23 years old, man. Like hire your number one overall pick, hire a trainer, hire a nutritionist, hire a dietitian, whatever it is, and just make that your priority. Right. Like, yeah. you know, I saw you on draft day, you're crying in your white suit. You're trying to be LeBron James. Like you just, you need more. Right. Yeah. We need to see more. I need more consistency. It looks like he's on his way to rehab and getting back, you know, which is great. But as of right now, I've seen what I needed to see. I'm not investing a ton of money into Zion Williamson if I'm if I'm a general manager in the NBA. So is this is this a crazy take? Let's just say he loses a little bit of weight, right? Okay. He gets he thins out, but he's still gonna be a, a bigger dude. Sure. Would you compare him to Julius Randle? Um I'm going to say no. Um, Zion's way more explosive. Okay. Um, I think I think his offensive arsenal is a lot – the ceiling is a lot higher, right? Okay. He, you know, he hit some threes when he was in college. I remember, you know, when he did play in a short stint, uh, was it last year, two seasons ago, he was hitting the three at a, at a decent clip. Um, I just think he's a bully, right? And I just think he has a, he has a better – feel for his offensive game. I think it's a lot more developed now, earlier in his career, as opposed to Randall. Randall had to figure it out. Like Randall's yeah. in year what, seven, eight? And he's and yeah. he's still trying to develop his offensive identity. I think Zion knows who he is. He just needs to add those tools to his tool belt. So um I, I, I do see the comparison with the, with the size and the lefties and all that. Yeah, maybe it's because of the lefties. Yeah, it could be off. that. It, def, it definitely could yeah. be that. But, no, that's I, I like that, John. But yeah. as of Let, right now, I've seen what I needed to see out of Zion. I could be wrong. I hope he proves me wrong, right? I yeah. want to see him back in his Duke days, and it's going to be a bust for now. All right. Let's, let's stick with basketball again. Uh, last one, Dame Lillard. This is a really, really tough one for me. Um. Dame is loyal to a fault, right? And if I'm building a franchise, I'd love that, right? Because if I'm going to invest that money in you, if, if I'm going to put, you know, 150 million, 200 million bucks, like I want to know that you're loyal and that you're here for the team. That being said, the injuries have been a problem. He's not getting any younger. His playoff performances are good, but are they he hasn't really advanced that far in the playoffs. I think he's only been to the, to the second round, right? So with a player of his caliber of what they're paying him and their team is not, is, is not set up poorly, right? When, you know, when they had CJ and they had Nurkic and they had those guys, 
I just I would like to see more. And right now, when we're talking about building around a player, I'm leaning towards bust. I I, I just I I am, and that's and again, that's nothing has nothing to do with Damian Lillard's the player, you know, the, the person. He's very loyal, all that stuff. But right now, he's an aging superstar. I mean, he's I think. 28 29 like he's getting older and the injuries are creeping up on him so right now it's probably going to be a bust for me yeah yeah for me i have to agree but i think it also depends on the team here sure because if i'm if i'm the knicks because there's been tons of rumbling about the knicks getting dame right if i'm the knicks i'm gonna try and build sure because you've been out of the spotlight really now you know, point. Brooklyn is is taken over kind of a little bit. It's still going to be a New York uh, Knicks city, but still Brooklyn, you know, with all their stars. Right. If I'm the Knicks, I'm building around Dame. I, it depends on, you know, contracts and who you got to give up and yada, that other stuff. But if I'm the Knicks, I'm going to try and build around him because I think they'll try and bring other ta- – he'll bring other talent and attract other talent back to Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's so fair. So if I'm the Knicks, if I'm a team like that, I'm definitely building around him. But, you know, it, it just depends on the team for him more than anything because, like you said, injuries and, I mean, he's going to be a lot of money too. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, that's that's fair. You bring up some good points there. There are some teams out there that are just in need of, of again, some life, some juice, some talent, and um, just a little bit of buzz. Um, yeah. So, no, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, I do want to transition here to the gridiron. Let's get to, let's get to the NFL here, and uh, this may be a tough one for you, John. You know, he's a guy that's in your division, and uh, just interested to hear your thoughts on if you build around Dak Prescott. I'm saying bust. I'm saying bust. You are in one of the worst divisions in the NFL. And yeah, you win the division, but you know, really who cares? You can't, you're not dominating. Mm -hmm. You should be, they shouldn't be dominating. Yes. The Cowboys had their chance to dominate and they haven't been able to. I am not building around him. I'm just not. I mean, would I take him on the Giants? Yeah. Of course. Would I want to build around him? I'm going to say no. I think his best years that he's had, and you can correct me, if I'm wrong, but the best years that he's had have been when Zeke has had his best years too. So like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really know how much of it is on, you know, Dak, is it on this, is it a system thing with Zeke running well? I mean, they've had a great offensive line, but then I don't know. I'm just not building around him. I'm not. So I'm, I'm a little torn here because, you know, quarterbacks are at a premium in the NFL. Right. Yeah. So y- you got to have your guy. And I think Dak is well, he's talented enough to get you to the promised land. He just yeah. hasn't. Right. You're talking about a team that is America's team, wherever that came from. Um, and they spend money. He's got a bunch of shiny weapons. You know, I know they just moved on from uh, Cooper, but C.D. Lamb and Cooper and Zeke and that, you know, that offensive line that everyone loves talking about. He's had all the tools to be successful. And, you know, do I think he can get there? Do I think he's talented enough to get there? Absolutely. I really do. But at the same time, why hasn't he? Right. Like 
they haven't they haven't even really been close. And I don't know about you, but the last memory I have of Dak is poor time management, poor clock management. You know, sliding too late, trying to spike the ball, and game's yeah. over, right? Like yeah. we just he's he's been in the league long enough to to know better than that, right? Yeah. And you know, you can have your opinion on that play all you want, but it's but it's, he's the it's guy. Really like you tough. don't see you don't see top dogs making that. You don't see Tom Brady with a mismanaged time clock. I've know. seen it once. You thought it was fourth down <laughs> once, once, but you know, yeah, and it's 22-year career. Yeah, and maybe that's Dax one time. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe not. Hopefully, because I hope that they lose. But um, <laughs> I mean, what? Like you put him in a category where he's good enough to get you a Super Bowl, but you got to have a lot of pieces around him, and you have to have a very strong defense. Yeah, yeah. Similar to like, similar to like Eli on the Giants side. Eli, you know. He got you there, but they, uh, when he got there, their defense was was yeah, strong. Yeah, everything needs to go right. Everything needs to go right. And when mm-hmm. one thing doesn't, uh, he's not going to get you to the promised land. And, you know, I'm happy you brought up Eli. Shout out to Eli Manning. Um, I definitely think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, but, you know, Eli is a guy we've seen go on a tear. Like, when he's hot, he's hot. They, yeah. You know, sometimes they limp into the playoffs – but once they get there, he turns it on. He's on a different level. So, you know, I, I just, yeah, I haven't seen that from Dak. Again, I do think he's talented enough to win a Super Bowl. Um, but he hasn't even been close to getting there. And, you know, you can point at the defense. You can point out whatever you want. You know, you know Jason Garrett, his ineptitude as a, as a, you know, as a head coach. But at the end of the day, you know, Someone's got to blame. Someone's got to take the onus, right? Yeah. You know, like when Kansas City loses, you blame Mahomes, right? Like yep. when Dallas loses, you got to blame Dak. So yep. we we need to see we need to see more out of him, and and I would probably lean towards at this point of his career, I'm going to say bust because I've seen him with the weapons, I've seen him with the great O line, and I've seen him with, you know, an above average running back. I don't think Zeke is in that elite tier of running backs anymore, but. I've seen him. He's an above average back. He's going to get you a thousand yards. So, um, no, that was a really good, really good. Yeah, let's. What, what do you got, got for me, John? I, yeah, I got one more. Now, this this might be a little controversial just because of the allocations, but Deshaun Watson. Um, it's going to be a build for me. All right, um, and it's going to be a build for a few reasons. One, he's young. Uh, one, he, when you look at where, when you look at where the landscape of the NFL is going, when it comes to the quarterback position, he fits the mold, right? Yeah. You know, the guys that can move around, you, you, you don't need someone to, you know, run for a hundred yards a game, but he can move around. He's athletic. He's tough. He's got grit, man. Like, yeah, I've seen him get kicked in the face, have, you know, one eye and throw a touchdown. Right. So like yeah. he's he's a tough guy. Now, again, looking at it from a so when it comes to football and his talent, absolutely. It's a build. Yeah. The question marks start to come if I'm a general manager. Right. And then, you know, again, with all the allegations and everything that's happening, I don't want to get too in the weeds with that. Yeah. But I personally think he's a team guy. I think he's a genuine guy. I really do. Um 
you know, I know we're getting through this whole legal process, but I remember a guy who signed his extension and was crying on live TV, right? Like yeah. very grateful, um, you know, and, and I, and we'll see what ends up playing out, but when it comes to the player on the field and, and all that, he's a build, he's a build for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, th- I would build around him too. Uh, if I'm Cleveland, if I'm Cleveland, I would just make sure he's got a, a couple masseuses that he can trust. No, here we go. <laughs> uh, had to get yeah. it in there. You had to. Yeah, had just... to, had to. But yeah, um, taking all that out of it, sticking on the field, mm-hmm. I'm building around him. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a great talent. I think he's going to be good there in Cleveland. He's got a couple weapons with him. So, um, you know, hopefully they can continue to build around him. I know it's going to be tough because it comes at a hefty price tag, but, yeah. you know, taking contracts and everything out of it, you know, which is it's tough to do, especially if you're a general manager. You can't just not talk about the money, right? right. Um, but I'm going to build around him. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fair. I mean, they got a good, you know, I think they have a good base. They have a good offensive line. They already signed Nick Chubb. Um, I'm sure they're working on something with Amari. I mean, Amari's already due a good chunk of money. Uh, they've drafted some young receivers. They got a young tight end. So, you know, I, I think the, the team has a good base. It has a good foundation. We'll see what happens. We'll see if, you know, how many games he'll play uh, this upcoming season. So, yep. you know, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, let's, uh, let's stick with football. Uh, I know, Bass, you wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the NFL right now and the state of everything and from your perspective. Yeah. So hit us with it. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to talk about free agency um, for a little bit and I'll, and I'll try not to get too long winded here, but um, I love what I'm seeing. Let me preface this. I love, I love what I'm seeing with NFL free agency. Again, it's a, it's a super exciting time. We talked about it in our buy and sell um, in episode one, and it's a great opportunity for a lot of guys to, you know, get that big money get the contracts, um, you know, just build that generational wealth, right? Mm -hmm. You know, great stories with, you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling and, you know, him getting cut from his high school team and not, we're not making the team. And now he's on his second NFL contract. You get all that stuff. That's awesome. Um, Here's the thing. I love free agency. I love the, I love the player empowerment, the player movement. I love everything about it. And I think a lot of teams are mortgaging their future. And when I say future, I mean draft picks for players. And I'm all about that. And I have to give a shout out to current Super Bowl champions, the the Los Angeles Rams, um, for kind of setting the standard, right? You know, when that deal with Matt Stafford came by and everyone saw the draft capital that they gave up, you know, people were looking at him sideways. Like, what are you doing, right? But at the end of the day, they had a plan and they stuck to it, right? And I think they are a very forward-thinking franchise in a lot of what they do. And I think teams are starting to do that. You look at what Miami did, five picks for a Tyreek Hill. I have some issues with that, right? And I have some issues with some of the teams, some of the things that teams are doing because the Rams were set up to win. Right, they're set up to win. They had already been to a Super Bowl. They already had perennial defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, best corner, Jalen Ramsey, mm-hmm. solid coach that they love and that you know they built the culture. Right, they had everything in place. They just thought that the quarter the quarterback position needed to be upgraded. If you're the Miami Dolphins, 
and you trade five draft picks for Tyreek Hill when you just drafted a receiver in the first round last year, you are not there. You are not a receiver away from being in the Super Bowl. Newsflash, you play in the AFC East. Bill Belichick, Josh Allen, like, hello, like you, you just, you're not there yet. I know you got a new head coach. You're trying to be the new kid on the block and you're trying to, you know, maybe rid yourself of, of all the, you know, allegations with Brian Flores and Steven Ross and all this stuff, but you're not there yet. You still need, you still have plenty of foundational holes on your team that you can't mortgage draft picks for one player. You still need some offensive linemen. You still need some defensive linemen. You still need some linebackers. So for you to for you to go ahead and just move all of this draft capital for one player and then sign that player to a $120 million contract, to me is a little bit foolish. Yeah. Do you think do you think teams have been burned so many times on the draft that they'd rather take a sure thing? Um, in a player that they know that they've seen versus somebody coming out of college. So there's one thing, and I, I think that's a really good point, right? Like I I have always been of the mindset of take what you know, you know, as opposed to what you don't know. You don't know who these people are. You don't know who these draft picks are going to be, if they're going to pan out, if they're going to be good, bad, in between, if they're going to be starters. I 100% get that. But there's one thing, like one would argue Tyreek Hill's been in the NFL six years. One would argue maybe he has two years left of prime Tyreek Hill, maybe three. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. You, so it just depends on the player that you're getting in return more so you, than you're, anything. You're expecting high level quality. And not to say that you won't get it. Of course, you're going to get it. But at some point, you're going to have to pay Jalen Waddle. At some point, you know, if two is not the answer, you're going to have to go get a quarterback and you're going to have to pay him. Or if you really like to, and he turns around, you're going to have to pay him too. So when you have all of this money tied up in this player, that's an aging player. You're, I can guarantee you that I can t- guarantee you this. No, no one's going to want to take on that contract in two years. You're not going to be able to move them and you're not going to be able to get that draft capital back. Now I understand Miami was in a, an interesting position because they had so much draft capital that they felt like, okay, you know, let's, let's use it. Let's spend it. Yeah. And I have no problems with teams being aggressive, but you need to, you need to have a plan. You need to be calculated. And I think one of the criteria of making a move like Miami just did was what relevant success have we had? Like, do we feel like we were on the doorstep, right? Miami hasn't been on the doorstep. Miami didn't go to yeah. the playoffs last year. So yeah. I, I have an issue with some of the moves that are being made. Now, when it comes to the players, cash in. I mean, Christian Kirk, cash in, brother. $72 million from the Jackson. Cash yeah. in, my guy. Cash yeah. it up. Like, I'm all about it. All about it. However, from the team level, from the franchise level, from the GM level, I understand it's a stressful job. I understand there's a lot of pressure. But at the end of the day, right, like we can't ignore what the team is and what you have and what the team has been. I understand that you need to build. And sometimes in some cases you need to overspend. I 100% get that. 
There's one thing with being overspending, and there's one thing of being just absolutely reckless. We've seen a lot of reckless moves this free agency. We've seen a lot of players move around, which I absolutely love. Russell Wilson moving around, the Mm -hmm. quarterback carousel, again, with the trades and Watson going to Cleveland and, you know, Baker's going to be on the move and Mariota's getting the second chance. Like you get so many great stories. Like, I I mean, honestly, I love seeing Marcus Mariota get a second chance. (laughs) I feel bad for Atlanta, man. I know you're a Saints fan. I really really don't. No, 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 no. no. And and, and again, I am a Saints fan. I am a Saints fan, but I, I, again, like we talked about in our in our builder bust, one of the things he's a locker room guy. He's a team guy. He's never had any issues. He was the backup. He would come in sparingly for Derek Carr. He'd have some big plays. You know, I mean, the guy threw a touchdown pass to himself in Tennessee. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, again, I just I just think that he's going to be a he could be a good bridge guy. I just think he's a guy that deserves another opportunity. Um, so I think there's a lot of great stories like that again with, with Mariota and and a lot of some of these other guys that are on the move, but at the same time, you know, teams need to understand who they are, where they are within their landscape. And again, free agency is great. I love it. Um, I'm super excited for this upcoming NFL season. I'm super excited for the draft coming up here in a few weeks. I think it's going to be a fun, fun time. Um, but again, you know, yeah. that, those are just my thoughts. So if I know, I don't mean to harp on, you know, Tyree killed much, but what do you think about the move for the chiefs? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, again, when it comes to, and I don't know who started this, but I think of Bill Belichick is you move on from a player a year early and not a year late. Right. So I'm sure there was a situation where they wanted to keep Tyree killed. They wanted to extend him out, but at the same time, you know, you're in a situation where if the figure was what Miami paid him, you have to move on from him. They locked in Mahomes. Kelsey's locked in. Um, you know, they've made a couple moves defensively. Uh, they've drafted. I, I think they've drafted well defensively. So I, I think they're they're OK. They're going to be fine. Right. They're going to they're going to be fine. Um so and the draft capital that they got back, I think, is fantastic. Kansas City is a yeah. team that drafts well. So they're going to do really, really well with those draft picks, in my opinion. Yeah, and this draft is a heavy wide receiver, too. Correct so, me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's a right. strong wide receiver draft this yeah. year no, versus it is. others. So um, is. I think I think they're going to pick up somebody. You know, it's tough to, of course, replace Tyreek Kill, but um, somebody that's going to improve their team. Not improve their team, but it's not going to be as much of a you know a gap there. Right, right. I, I, I think I think you can you – can, um, kind of supplement some of his production with some of the players that you have, right? Like in totality, if you add it all together, you know, obviously Kelsey will probably get more targets. They have a McCole Hardman, who again is a speedster out of Georgia, who they really like. Valdez Scantling again is a, is a good addition. I saw today that they just signed Ronald Jones uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So again, they're, mm-hmm. they're rounding out their offense and they're supporting Mahomes, which I think they absolutely should. Um, but again, you know, I just think this year more than any in NFL free agency, and again, this has probably been one of the craziest free agencies that we've seen with all these players on the move, Devontae Adams and all that. You know, you look at the Raiders, right? The Raiders went to the playoffs last year. I mean, the Raiders beat the Cowboys last year, right? They're a competitive football team. And while they do have new coach, you know, a new coaching staff, 
they felt like they were there. And and the evidence was there to prove it. Now, I understand they play in that division, but they made the moves to continue to get better and compete in their division with the Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, with the Chandler Jones, right? And some of these additions that they've made on their team. And they've gotten rid of some players who, again, they probably should have gotten rid of long ago, but that's neither here nor there. So in totality... I love NFL free agency. I love what we've seen. I, I think we've seen some overly aggressive moves um, from some teams, and I really think it's going to bite them a little bit to to uh, start the season next year. But nonetheless, it's going to be fun. It's going to be tough. A lot of new, a lot of new faces in new places, and like I'm going to be watching games next year and be like, oh shoot, I forgot this guy got traded to this team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Speaking of speaking of uh, speaking of that, I we've got a couple fans here of, a, of two particular teams that I want your input on. Okay. Maybe you could talk a little talk right now. So the first, the Washington Commanders. Am I talking about the team name of how bad it is or what am I talking about? Yeah, Yeah, nice name. (laughs) Uh, You think they're going to improve? They're going to have a better season than last year? What do you think? Playoff team? Uh, I mean, again, the division's wide open, right? I'm, I'm definitely in the minority here. I don't hate Carson Wentz. I don't think he's a bad player. Uh, you can make the stank face on me all you want, but I don't, he's better than the option that they had before. So I think that's an improvement. I think their defense is going to play better. They had a, they had a really, I mean, they went from first to worst really quickly, Um, but they had some key wins. They had some signature wins. I do think again, because the division is wide open and they made some additions, um, especially, I, I, I just really think they upgraded the quarterback room and, and I think Wentz is, understands that this is probably his last chance. Yeah. Um, and I would I would think that he's going to, you know, capitalize on that. And I'm not saying he's going to be in the MVP conversation, but I do think it's going to be a quality year for Carson Wentz. I can see Washington um, around that nine and eight mark, um, you know, and competing uh, for the title for the NFC East. I, I really do. Okay. Um, yeah. so I think that, I think, I think they will be solid shout out big B. I, I know, I know you probably want to hear better than that, but again, I just, I got to call a spade a spade. I do think the team got better with this free agency. They did lose Brandon Sheriff to, to the Jaguars, which is going to hurt, but the quarterback has been upgraded. I think some pieces are there. I do like Ron Rivera. So we'll see. I'm, I'm saying nine and eight. On the outside looking in, uh, they don't get into the playoffs. All right. Let's let's stick in that region though. And let's go with the Ravens. What do you think about the Ravens? So the division got better. Um, you know, they added Watson. Um, obviously the the Super Bowl representation of the AFC was the Bengals. I think the Bengals got it. I mean, they got so much better uh, invested in that offensive line. I think the Ravens issue is they needed to get healthy. Um, I don't think they're going to have a year like last year where they just had, I don't know, 25, 30, 35 players on injured reserve. I don't think that's going to happen. They had some really, really nice key additions uh, with Marcus Williams hurts my heart, but he's, you know, he's a new uh, Baltimore Raven. He's going to be a great player for them. Um, I hear they're in the mix for Bobby Wagner, so we'll see what happens there. They're going to lose a couple guys, and they've already lost a few guys to to free agency. Um, at the end of the day, I'm saying all this. It comes down to the quarterback. 
I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah. It's all about Lamar Jackson, right? If Lamar can be healthy, if Lamar continue, can continue to take those steps forward as a quarterback, and not just a player, as a quarterback, then the Ravens should be in contention to win the division. There's no reason they shouldn't be a double-digit win team. Um, you know, they should be, you know, in a 11 and five, well, hold on, 11 and six, play 17 games, um, 11 and 16, um, yeah. potentially, you know, more than that. I, I'm going to, I'm going to scale back. I think 11 wins is, is where they are because the AFC is so good. Um, I don't know what their schedule is, but I, I think they should be a double d- digit win team. Um, I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be very good. Uh, to be honest, you know, Mitch Trubisky, he, he's yeah, fine, okay. but he's he doesn't he's not going to move the needle for me. We'll see what happens with Watson and, and if he misses some time. But I think the Bengals are going to be really good. And I think, you know, if I was a betting man, I would probably bet on the Bengals to win the division. But the Ravens should make the playoffs. There's no question the Ravens should make the playoffs. They should be healthy. If they are, they are a playoff team comes yep. down to uh, the 2019 NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Lamar. I'm a Lamar guy. Um, so hopefully hopefully he can, you know, continue to stay healthy. And uh, I would build around Lamar. So in my opinion, I yeah. mean, who wouldn't? I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I can see that. I mean, I, I would too. But, you know, shout out to the Baltimore Ravens, big trust. Whoop, whoop, Lamar Jackson in the flesh. Um <laughs> I, I do think they're gonna have a they're gonna have a good season. Um, they're not gonna get hit by the injury bug, and they'll be fine. They'll be yeah. fine. So, uh, so shall we switch it up a little bit? I know yeah, it's, uh, it's still March here. Uh, let's it's talk still a little March. March Madness. Shout out to St. Peter's Peacocks. Yeah, Jersey in the um, building. Gotta shout them out. You know, it's incredible what they're doing. Um, I love the grit, love the tenacity, love it. Um, so good for them. But we wanted to talk about the teams, you know, the the mid-major teams. I know a lot of the focus goes on to, you know, the UNCs, the Dukes, the Kansas, you know, the Kentuckys, even though they lost to St. Peter's. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Bass and I, of course, coming from Bryant, we want to talk about, you know, the teams that don't really get recognized as much as they should and a lot of times in march madness they do this is their spotlight they win a couple games and you know and they they put their school on the map so what we're going to do is a a top five mid-major programs um for basketball men's basketball so uh bass you want to start us off we'll go uh five to one and let's hear who you got yeah yeah and before i before i get started you know shout out to all the mid-majors out there um you know, this is a this is a topic that's near and dear to our heart. Obviously, it is March. The madness is upon us. Um, you know, again, and before I get into it, too, talk about a missed opportunity. Yesterday was National Peacock Day. How does how do I not put my mortgage on St. <laughs> Peter's to win? I mean, that's talk about as, a missed opportunity. As soon as I sat down. To, I was going to throw a little, some little coin on, on St. Peter's. I was in Jersey, and in Jersey, you can't bet on St. Peter's. You can't bet on New Jersey schools in Jersey. Really? Yeah. I, New Jersey, you know, fucking figure it out. <laughs> Damn it, man. As soon as the game ends, everybody's like, did you know it's National Peacock Day? Oh, and my sure God. shit, March 25th. 
National Peacock Day. Missed oh, opportunity. Missed. It's a missed opportunity. It kind of, kind of sucks that that we missed out on that. But nonetheless, I'll jump right into it. Um, again, doing it all for all the small schools, um, the mid majors out there. Um, we just love to see the madness. Uh, so, top five mid majors for me. Um, starting at five, I'm going to go with the Wichita State Racers. Or the Shockers, excuse me. Speaking of Murray State, the old Shockers, <laughs> the old Shockers, <laughs> the old um, Shockers. <laughs> Wichita State, you know, has been a staple in the tournament. I'd say the past fifteen years, they have sixteen tournament appearances um, for a mid-major. That's 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 pretty awesome. Obviously, they have some some NBA alumni, Fred Van Vliet, a uh, really good mm. player, All Star for for the Toronto Raptors. Cameron Payne, also an alumni of. Uh, of Wichita State. Also, a couple more alumni that I found from uh, Wichita State. Former New York Nick Xavier Daniels, uh, McDaniels, oh. excuse me, uh, and rest in peace, Cliff Livingston. Mm. He is a shocker of uh, Wichita State. So coming at number five, Wichita State, um, you know, again, just a really, really solid program. Uh, yeah. At number four, staying with the state schools, Murray State. Yeah. Murray State. Um, oh, yeah. obviously everyone knows Murray state for, for John Morant, shout out Ja. Um, you know, just, uh, just a really, really solid program. Um, you know, again, I know, I know Ja kind of put them on the map, but they have 18 tournament appearances, uh, really solid, solid school. Um, you know, they've been to a couple sweet 16s as well. So got to shout out Murray state, uh, at the number three spot, this was, this was really, really tough. This was really tough. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the BYU Cougars, the Cougars mm. of BYU. Um, you know, BYU, I mean, there's something in that Mormon water that they're doing over there. I don't know. It's, it's you know, they're, they're, they're really flirting with the lines there. I don't know what's going on out there, but whatever it is, 30 NCAA appearances from BYU. Obviously, their shining superstar is the Jimmer Fredette. Um, just pulling up from range. We love yeah. Jimmer. Um, shout out to the Shanghai Sharks. He's out there getting buckets out there. Um, <laughs> another alumni of BYU I found, uh, Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge. Oh, um, Danny. Yeah, there you go. Old Danny boy. So um, <laughs> shout out to BYU. Getting some love out west. Um, you know, again, just a, just a team that has put a lot of people in the blender. And, uh, yeah. you know, one of my most fond memories is just Jimmer Fredette just pulling up from all over the place. I, I'll tell you this. There's nothing more demoralizing than just someone just pulling up on you and there's nothing you can yeah. do about it. <laughs> so shout out to uh, shout out to BYU at the number two spot. This is a team that, you know, maybe a lot of people don't appreciate or or you know, give a lot of love to, but I'm going the University of Nevada at Las Vegas, UNLV, just the running Rebels, okay? They won national championship in 1990. Um, they went to back-to-back -back national championships in 1991. Again, their alumni base is fantastic, uh, and they've been to the tournament 20 times, and they just got it done. They just yeah. got it done, right? The Runner Rebels of UNLV at the two spot. And number one, shouldn't be any surprise to anybody. 
Gonzaga. Now, I know I'm not a huge Gonzaga guy. I'm really not. I'm not a huge Gonzaga guy. But I will say this. 23 appearances, they went to 22 straight NCAA tournaments. That's incredible. Yeah. The one thing that's a little bit of a knock is they just can't get over the hump year after year. And their NBA players have been lackluster. Yeah. I mean, Adam Morrison wasn't great. Let's let's call a spade a spade. But they have some good guys out there. Um, you know, this this Holmgren kid should be okay. Uh, Jalen Suggs is, is going to be a good player. It just sucks he plays for the Magic. But uh, Gonzaga coming in at the one spot when it comes to best mid-majors out there. Um, you know, again, shout out to all the small schools out there. Excited to hear your list, John. Who do you got? Yeah, so I'm I'm excited that we didn't talk about this before um, before we came on the air here. Uh, my list is a little different. We have a couple uh, similarities here, but what I looked at was I looked at regular season titles, I looked at tourney appearances, of course, I looked at Final Fours, and I looked at NBA picks. So, of course, I might catch some heat on it. But number five, Princeton University. Princeton University. Let me run by the numbers here. 30 regular season titles. 25 tourney appearances. One final four. Wow. And 10 top 60 NBA picks. That's pretty good. Now, I, I, we might not know who those players are, um, you know, in terms of name recognition, but 10, 10 top 60 picks is pretty good. I mean, for an, um, for an Ivy... They're an Ivy, right? Yeah, for an Ivy League school. I mean, that's pretty good. Yes. So that's my number five right there. I mean, that's a little bit of a hometowner, but I'll give it to you. Yeah, yep, definitely a hometowner. This, it's been tough because I want to give so many shout-outs to mid-majors. It yeah, you know, fires me up. I agree. Um, a lot deserve you know recognition, so it's been tough. Um, number four is BYU. Uh, 22 regular season titles. Like you said, 30 tor- tor- tourney appearances. Yep. They've had zero Final Fours, so yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, mid major, so it's it's tough for a mid major to get to Final Fours. And but. it's also tough recruiting at BYU. Like, I feel like <laughs> don't you have to go on like a mission trip or something? Like, you have to like take a year off or something? Like, and I I think so. And go then on I some sort of sabbatical. I don't think you can have intercourse as well. That's Wasn't what I'm somebody, saying. That's what I'm saying. Somebody canned about that. I think so. That's uh, that's tough. It is tough. Um, We'll just leave it at that. Um, Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wouldn't be going to BYU, I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And they've also had 22 top 60 NBA picks. That's a good amount. That's more than I thought. That's a good amount for BYU. Yeah. Yeah, we'll give you that. Number three, Gonzaga. Gonzaga at the three spot. Yeah, because they always choke every single time. And a lot – I've – they burn me too. Every time they burn me because I take them to go far in NCAA and they always took. So 25 regular season titles, uh, 23 tournament appearances. Like you said, they've had one final four. And this is since like, this is since like 1940, these, (laughs) these stats. Okay. So one final four and they've had 15 top 60 NBA picks. Yeah. So, you know, it sounds that's Okay. You know, yeah, that's why they're okay. number three. That's not why they're number one for me. Okay, that's um, fair. Number two, we actually we agreed on this one. UNLV. Let's go, the Rebels. They've only had 12 regular season titles, and I think they've been a little bit shaky recently in terms of uh, appearances and um, 
I think they lost their coach and they got a new coach come in. And I think they've been a little bit shaky recently, but still 12 regular season titles, 20 tourney appearances, four final fours. Yep. That's and huge. 25 top 60 NBA picks. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that they deserve my number two spot. Number one, coming out of left field. What? Ready for this? Oh, my God. Western Kentucky. What? Western Kentucky. Just hear me out on these stats right quick. 28 regular season titles. Yep. 23 tournament appearances. Okay. Four final fours. That's pretty good. 25 NBA top 60s. I wanted to put Western Kentucky on there because I knew you were not going to throw Western Kentucky as your number one. I mean, that's just – I mean – it might be reckless. And, yeah, Gonzaga has um, just the same amount of tourney appearances, but Western Kentucky's got four Final Fours. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I was just – I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, that's – again, shout-out to Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers. You know, shout-out Mike White. Um, you know, he's a he's a Hilltopper. Um, but Gonzaga, I'd say they, you know, they have better NBA players – than Western Kentucky and that that record of 22 straight NCAA appearances like that I mean that holds a lot of weight to me that holds a lot of weight yeah, to me. yeah it does it does but I you know when you come in at a lot of the times the number one seed I expect you to show up and they have they don't show up yeah maybe it's recency bias because they just lost and I had them going pretty far <laughs> Uh, it probably is. That's so, what it feels so like. So maybe I just chucked them at the three to say kind of like an F you to them. Could be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Western Kentucky, I, I, it took me a little bit of research to find this out, but shout out to them for sure. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll give you that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the people are going to say about that, John. You might, you might get slander for that, but we'll see. Bring it. My, uh, I did have an honorable mention and I didn't really pull a lot of numbers on this team, but, you know, you know, I, I played high school basketball and, and I just remember this team just making some great runs. Butler, the Bulldogs of Butler. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously Gordon Hayward and, and uh, shoot, gosh, I can't remember this guy's name. Shelvin Mack. I mean, these guys were just, they were tough. They were a tough out. I mean, <laughs> they're a squeaky rim away from being national champions. I mean, Butler, um, uh, Gordon Hayward put up that half-court shot, almost went in off the glass. And, you know, the Butler Bulldogs really talk about seizing the moment. They yeah. really did. You know, they had, you know, they had those guys for a finite amount of time, and I think they got the best that they could out of that group. Um, shout out Brad Stevens. Right. You know, he, you know, he's obviously moved on to more of an executive role with the Boston Celtics, but again, was able to to parlay that into an NBA job, ended up coaching Gordon Hayward again. And, you know, shout out to the Butler Bulldogs. Yeah. My honorable mention was Murray State. I mean, they're a great program. Uh, so I know you, you already talked about Murray State a little bit, so I won't harp on them. But Murray State was my honorable mention there, right on the cuff of, of getting into my top five. Yeah, they probably deserve to be in there, but uh, another good mid major program for sure. Yeah. And I just got to make a quick, I got to make a quick edit here. Wichita State, their alumni, Fred Van Vliet and Landry Shamit, 
Cameron Payne went to Murray State. So just for for the viewers out there, I think I got that mixed up. So I just want to clarify. They would come at you. They would come at you. Yeah, they come at me. So I just want to clarify. Landry Sham, a great three-point shooter. Fred Van Vliet, another great shooter. Um, Cameron Payne, backup point guard for the Phoenix Suns, um, went to Murray State. So just want to clarify that for for the viewers out there. But um, here's a a question for you. Since we're in March Madness right now. Yes, sir. It is March 26th. Who are you taking to to win the whole thing, to win the whole dance? Is that a serious question? Yeah. Novination, baby. Let's go. Villa, no fun. No way. Nova, baby. Come on, man. The Wildcats, Jay Wright, Colin Gillespie. They got the baby Archer Diacono going. I mean, (laughs) I'm telling you, man, these guys are ready to play, bro. Nothing against them. I just – so who would I want to see win? UNC. I would like to see UNC win. Just shout out to my boy Kenny. Haven't I they want, won I want enough, to get a win. though? I mean, what, I mean, come on. But this is who I think is going to win. Villanova. No. Duke. Oh. I, I, and I hate to say it. I hate to say it because I hate Duke. I think Coach K can shove it. He's such a <laughs> crybaby. A whiner. I think everything is lining up for him to win on his farewell tour. They're watch, watch tonight. I guarantee you, they're going to get every single foul call. They're going to get everything. They're going to be on the cusp of, of losing, and they're they're going to get some fugazi foul call, and it's going to get them to win the game. Guarantee you, I it is just lining up for them to win. Wow, that's uh, unfortunately that's a bold too. that's a bold statement. You're going to get crushed for the coach K. I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge Coach K guy, like uh, you know, whatever. But you know, I just he's a crybaby. He's a crybaby. I don't care if it's if if it's his. I know he's had a great career. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. I wanted to see to take that L to Houston. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, it's it's Nova Nation. Um, Villanova's gonna win. I mean, you might as well just book it right now. I mean, the best they're the best free throw shooting team. They shoot the three at a high That's clip, true. and they got a great point guard. They can get a stop and they can get a bucket. Because at the end of the day, right, like, can you get a stop? Can you get a bucket? So I just – I think that they're set up to do it. I think they – they again, I'm trying not to be a homer here, but they've just been playing really, really good basketball. They won the Big East tournament. And, um, you know, I just – I think it's destined for another – I'm no saying it now. Title. If Duke wins, the whole thing is rigged and fugazi. I'm saying it right now. I could, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. If they do when it's rigged. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that's been frustrating for me with March Madness is the chintzy foul calls. <laughs> I, like, I say this all the time, but just let the kids play. Let them get in the paint and throw some elbows. <laughs> like, I just, I just want to see a, a little bit, a little bit less, uh, and just let them play. Yeah. Let them, let them, like, tough it out a little bit. That's all. Uh, like, I don't know. That's just me with the foul calls. I think there could be a little bit less. I think some of them are too chintzy. Yeah, that's fair. But but it's been a, it's been a great watch. I mean, every game been locked in. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, shout out to University of Miami. Um, you know, making a run here. Uh, Laranega's out here just just getting dirty on them. I love it. Three hundred five is being represented, but uh, it's been a great tournament. You have to double digit seeds. You know, in this you know Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, and and kind of you know staking their claim, and this is this is why 
the the name March Madness couldn't be more perfect because that's yep. that's exactly what it is. It's absolute chaos and madness, and we're here for it, and we love it, and we love you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah, thank this you. This is episode number two of the Designated Hitter Pod. We appreciate it. See you next yeah, time more to for come. episode three. More to come, folks. Thank you.